Welcome back to another episode of The Occasionalists. Matt Pagel here once again, back, back with a new episode this January, the last Loose Ends episode of this January. That's right, we are tying up our final Loose End, something that we did not get to last year, and it's uh, it's it's definitely a fun one. Um, I kind of wish I had someone to banter back and forth with this one, uh, with this particular subject, but nonetheless, I'm going to have a good time diving into this. So, we always talk about, we've talked multiple times, at least two, if not three episodes, um, wherein sports uniforms were sort of the, um, were either the entire focus or had a big chunk of the, of the focus of our sports episodes. But we've never really talked explicitly about the logos. Uh, I'm sure that there was some conversation about the logos, um, you know, directly or indirectly, uh, but never like one just dedicated to the logos. And I kind of find it interesting that we've never really gotten, we've never really broken them down because there there are a lot of there are a lot of really interesting design elements um, that can tell you a lot about the era that certain logos came from. Um, you know, you know, obviously, like you look at you look at some logos like the um, uh, like the New York Yankees NY cap insignia, which is different from their logo, and we'll, something we'll definitely get to. Um, you know that that sort of that sort of cap insignia is something that is very much of its time. Um, you know, going dating back to like the, I believe it was like the teens when they first start wearing the, uh, the NY on their hats. And it's essentially hasn't really changed a ton. Uh, there's obviously little tweaks to that, but a lot of these design elements are certainly, um, excuse me, a lot of the logos have design elements that are certainly of their time and s- certain elements, certain logos have persisted despite certain design um, design conventions changing over the years. Um, so we'll get into some of that. We'll get into the idea of like what makes a, essentially just like what makes a good, what makes a logo good or quality, right? And we'll get into some of those sort of things that are, I, I will say this, that's going to be a little bit more subjective. It's things that I look for, but I, I do think that they are in line with, um, with a lot of design conventions in terms of, in terms of logos. Um, they're, they're, we're, in other words, I'm not going to pop anything uh, in there that's like really that surprising, um, but I'm also not going to be as it's not a. And this is all I have a bunch of lists and things here, but and this is sort of the, the general caveat for this. None of this is completely comprehensive. If I give you a list of the things that I'm looking for in a logo that make it good, don't think of, the, of this as being the only thing. There's other elements to it as well. Um, same with you know we're going to have some lists about like you know the good the good and bad and. Um, you know, some classic logos and stuff like that. Don't think of them as being the comprehensive end-all be-all list. They're just they're just really good examples of things that I like or things that I'm looking for in certain in certain logos um, and certain design elements. So so again, don't think of them as being comprehensive. Just think of them as being representative of something that um, representative of something that I that I find uh, to be particularly good. Or in some cases, particularly bad. Um, there's not a lot of, and I will say this: there's not a lot of um, blasting of team logos and things. I think there are some ones that are what I what I really think is that more so than bad logos, we just teams have forgettable logos. There's definitely a couple in here. I will I will sort of give you a little tease now. There's definitely a few in here that just suck. Um, but even the ones that are kind of bad, uh, at least have some kind of these have some interesting things going on for them. So uh, that's that's your little tease for this episode. This should be a very fun one. So uh, let's get to it. Okay, let's get into it. 
So when it does come to fan fashion, obviously the colors and the pattern of the jersey, uh, the sweater, whatever, uh, the hat, those are definitely like paramount. Those are the most important things. Like no one, there's a reason, there is a reason why most teams, um, you know, for a long time, most teams had, you know, like a, just thinking of like baseball, you had a white uniform and a gray uniform for your road. And there's a reason why those baseball teams began, um, you know, making alternate uniforms with, you know, using their primary color, you know, whether it's the, you know, the White Sox with like a black uniform or, you know, the, the Guardians, uh, the, the Indians and the Guardians doing blue and red uniforms um, or jerseys, I should say. Uh, there's a reason why teams were doing that because, you know, most fans, most fans were not, the, the gray and the white jerseys are particularly interesting pieces of apparel to wear. The color, people like colors to wear. So the color scheme, you know, obviously is very important when it comes to fan fashion, less so when it comes to team fashion necessarily. In fact, I'm of the opinion that a lot of, um, especially in baseball and sometimes even in football, that a lot of the alternate jerseys are, you know, they're totally fine on the uniform, but they're better as, they're better as fan, fan accessories, right? <clears throat> Excuse me, like the the Guardians red jersey, I think looks totally fine. Um, you know when they're when they're wearing it at home, <clears throat> when they're wearing it at home uh, with their white pants uh, and then the blue and the the blue and red hat, red billed hat. Excuse me, my throat is killing me. Um, <clears throat> but I think that it looks better on the fan, and I think that the the Guardians home like solid whites uh, with the you know with the with the blue socks if you if the guys wear their socks up and then the the blue hat and the red bill. I think that looks better as a uniform than the um, than the the alternate jersey does, um, but it's so that's really what like what fans are 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 buying when they buy an alternate jersey or any jersey or anything like that. They're not usually buying the logo, um, and in fact, I think this is very often because there are just I off, I really think that there are just very few good or noteworthy logos. Um, there's really only a couple teams that have something that's truly like that iconic. Um, pro sports, especially has a very homogenous selection of logos. There's a lot of them that just kind of look alike. Um, even if they're even, you know, and some of that is due to design conventions, you know, when like a lot of the, you know, a lot of baseball teams are like a hundred years old. So some of the design conventions have stuck around for a hundred years and they're, they're not going to budge from some of those logos. Um, Similarly, uh, there are newer teams, right? And newer teams, uh, expansion teams, and, and more, you know, just, just say in like the last 20 years, they follow more modern designs. And those modern designs tend to all look the same. So pro sports especially has a very homogenous selection of logos. Colleges have very unremarkable logos, which is something we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, so I think that really mostly what people are buying and are interested in are uh, I mean, when they buy a jersey, it's not necessarily for the logo, it's for the team colors is really what they're buying for. Um, so I do think it's, um, I don't know, I just, I just find that, I just find it interesting that um, we take, we take so much care, teams take so much care in choosing what their, what their color scheme is going to be, but not really what their logo is going to be. And I think that that's kind of getting, it's very obvious and it kind of gets overlooked sometimes. And I, I kind of, I kind of, um, I wonder if, and I'm actually a person who does pay a lot of attention to the logo itself. And I'm kind of wondering, I'm kind of wondering if it's because the, the teams that I cheer for 
have all have very kind of intriguing, um, intriguing kind of identity crises. Um, not all of them, I shouldn't say that, but um, one of the principal te- teams I've cheered for, the Cleveland Browns, they have they have no logo. There is no Cleveland Browns logo, so they just use the Cleveland Browns helmet in place of a logo. Um, so that's kind of like what the default is for the NFL, but like there is no logo for the Cleveland Browns. Um, the the Guardians had a com- had a complete uh, identity crisis a few years ago, um, you know, and eventually they gave into the they gave into um, you know the the social pressure to change the name, uh, change the logo, all, all for the better, in my opinion. Um, but it is sort of you know it's it's a it's something that they've been carrying around for a long time, and uh, it obviously bothered a lot of people here in Cleveland. But because of the because of the switch, you know, I've been very, um, I am personally critical of the current Guardians logo, but I'm okay with their cap insignia, which is the, those are two different things, uh, so, which we will talk about. Um, so you know, so I, so one of my teams it doesn't have a logo. The other team had to change their logo, and in my opinion, kind of missed the mark a little bit. Uh, my other team is kind of a, has always kind of had benign logos. Uh, the Cavs. I think the the Cleveland Cavs have always had kind of benign logos. I think their best logo was the using the using the uh, the V as sort of a basket with the basketball going into it. Uh, something that I generally do not like, but again, we'll talk about that as well. And then both of my colleges, my college teams, if you will. Um, you know, I'm, a, I'm an Ohio State fan. I'm also a Bowling Green State University fan. Went to Bowling Green. Um, they've always had unremarkable logos. Um, Bowling Green especially has had pretty unremarkable logos over the years. And Ohio State has a very unremarkable logo. And again, the logo is not what you're thinking it is. Um, it's not It's not a Buckeye leaf. It's, uh, it's something else. Again, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. So I think because, I, you know, because my teams have just, haven't really done anything interesting on this front, this is sort of something that I am interested in. And, you know, curious about what other teams have done and, and the meaning behind some of their logos. So that's where a, a lot of this sort of interest comes from for this particular episode. Okay, so since I am obviously very interested in this, of course I have some criteria that uh, for me make up make make a good logo that really kind of go into a quality logo. And I'll just give you some of the, the three big things here that um, that I'm looking for. And uh, the, so <clears throat> I'll just give you the list here real quick, then we'll, I'll further define these a little bit. So the first thing I'm looking for is origin, originality and distinctiveness. The second thing I'm looking for is uniform cohesiveness. And the last thing, I'm, I should say uniform, well, I'll get, I'll get into the details, sorry. Um, and the last thing I'm looking for is called, I call it minimal objects. So originality, distinctiveness, what is that? I should be able to recognize the team without seeing the name anywhere. I should look at that logo and go, oh, that is the so-and-so's logo. That's, you know, oh, that's the logo for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Or that's the logo for, um, you know, whomever. Like, I should be able to see it and immediately go like, oh, okay. Um, some logos do have names on them, and that's totally fine. But, like, I can look at the uh, the Philadelphia Flyers logo. That sort of, um, that sort of uh, the black and orange P letter P with the kind of the wings coming off to kind of look, make it look like there's some forward motion in it. I can look at that and immediately go, oh, okay, that's that's a, that's the Philly Flyers. Um, and obviously, like, if you don't know who the teams are at all, that's a whole different story. But 
you would once you knew that that's the Philly the Philadelphia Flyers logo, you would know that unmistakably that that's their logo. So that's what I'm looking for when I'm talking about originality and distinctive distinctiveness, uniform cohesiveness. The the logo has to fit. A good logo fits with the rest of the uniform in some way, shape, or form. Um, there are I have some examples here for where the um, the uniform cohesiveness is not present and it's kind of awkward and it's very very obvious. Um, so it, it is something. It's something that sticks out when the logo just doesn't seem to mesh with the rest of the uniform. Um, and then the last thing I'm looking for here is minimal objects and what this means. A really good logo, you don't need to put a baseball in your logo because you're a baseball team. You don't need to put a football in your logo if you're a football team. If you're a hockey team, you don't need sticks or pucks. Your logo should be able to stand on its own without telling the te- without telling people who are looking at it what sport they play. Um, you know, like there are... There are tons of, in fact, most sports logos, this is why I said before, there aren't really that many that are that iconic because most sports logos incorporate a football if they're a football team, a basketball if they're a basketball team, a baseball if they're a baseball team. Most logos do that. And I kind of, I don't know, just for me, it just, it like, it just kind of falls short, right? Like if you already have a logo that says like, I'm pretty sure it's the. I'm pretty sure the Texas Rangers logo has like the Texas Rangers baseball club or baseball team on it. Do I then need to see another baseball behind it? That's the question, and probably not because I can read. So I, I just don't need minimal. I, I just I need I need you to minimize the amount of objects or minimize the appearance of an object or not have an object of uh, that's that's relevant to your sport in it whatsoever. So those are the three things that I am looking for. So it's one thing for me to say it. How about I give you some examples, some concrete examples for what I'm looking for? So again, we have originality, distinctiveness, uniform cohesiveness, and then uh, minimal objects. And I have for each one a good example of this, a bad example of it, and then an exception to the, the rule. Because there's always exceptions to every single rule, especially when it comes to, um, especially when it comes to design stuff. And that's kind of in general across the board when it comes to when it comes to design. Uh, you know, designing logos, designing, designing anything. There's always an exception to the rule when it comes to design. But so let's start. We'll start here with. Uh, we'll start with. Just go right down the list here. We'll start with originality. So, what is a really good example of originality with a logo? And I have uh, for this for this one. I actually have two examples here. Um, so, start with the Detroit Red Wings. Um, well, actually, just name them both. But I'll, I'll get into the. I'll get into details for both of them. So the Detroit Red Wings and the Portland Trailblazers. Both of these teams are unmistakable both within their sport and across leagues. You see that Red Wings winged tire, you know that that is there is no other team with a logo like it, right? There isn't a there isn't a, a college football team somewhere that has a similar letter or a similar um you know, a similar mascot, you know, some some there's when you get to the college ranks Everyone has like a goddamn bear or a wildcat or something. Um, no one has the Detroit Red Wings winged tire. Um, you know, an, uh, not an homage to the Motor City and obviously the team name. Literally, there's, there are Red Wings coming off of it. Um, th- it is unmistakable within hockey and it's unmistakable across sports. Same with the Portland Trailblazers. The sort of the stylized logo that is, um, it's supposed to represent, it, it looks like a swirl, um, you know, a, a red 
a red, white, and black kind of swirl. And um, it's actually meant to, if you look at if you look at it carefully, it's like this segmented swirl. There are five distinct, I guess, like spokes to the swirl coming off of it. And it's meant to represent the game of basketball in a very abstract kind of way. That was, um, you know, th- this is definitely um, a, a design um, a design convention from the 1970s. And it, it's stood the test of time, obviously. It's been their logo for 50 plus years. But it, if anyway, the whereas the the five like separate kind of spokes that make up this like this sort of swirl on either side is representative of the five on five nature of the game of basketball. But there is no one else in the NBA that has a logo like the Portland Trailblazers logo. So much so that again, you go across leagues, there really isn't anything that close to this at all. So when it comes to originality and distinctiveness, the Detroit Red Wings, the Portland Trailblazers. They knock it out of the park. All right. They, they, you know, exactly once you, once you, if you're just even slightly familiar with the NBA or slightly, slightly familiar with the NHL, you know that that's who those logos belong to. So how about a bad example, um, in terms of original, in terms of originality? Uh, again, I have two teams here for you and I'm going to go with the San Francisco Giants and the Washington Commanders as bad examples of originality. They both are very uninspiring, bland logos that waste a solid color scheme. Um, the San Francisco Giants logo, what is it? It's Again, This well, I'm going to get into more details about this in a little bit here, but it's not what you're thinking of on the baseball cap. It, what their logo is, is the word Giants written across a baseball. That is it. It's uh, a, you know black lettering with a little orange trim on the outside over top of a baseball, just says Giants. That's it. The Commanders logo, it's a big W, um, you know, in their in their signature um, uh, kind of like maroonish red mustard uh, color scheme that I've, I've always really liked uh, their color scheme, but it's wasted on that logo. It's it just two very uninspiring examples of of an originality, just putting your team name over top of uh, over top of an object or just using using a letter, a slightly stylized letter. It's kind of like a. You know, it's kind of in 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 lock lockstep with the idea of the commanders kind of being a military kind of themed team, if you will. It does have that um, the W is that kind of that military font. I, I know there's a term for it. I know there's a term for that exact kind of font, but you know what I mean when I say like the military font. It's similar to that, but it, it's just such an uninspiring logo. Um, two uninspiring logos here. There's nothing particularly distinct. I mean, obviously, you know. That the San Francisco, it's the San Francisco Giants that play that play baseball, but there's just nothing distinct about it. You, any team could just stick the Guardians could just stick Guardians over a baseball. The the Astros could just stick Astros over a baseball. Um, there's just nothing interesting about it. I will say this: I am certain that I, I really do think that in the next in the next few years, um, now that the Commanders are under a new ownership group, I have a feeling they're going to end up changing the name name again. Um, and if they do, expect a very, very significantly different logo. Um, you know, it's keeping with the same color scheme, but a very significantly different logo than what they have currently. And how about we just stick right here and go with an exception to this sort of idea of originality and distinctiveness? And I'm going to go with I'm going to I'm not putting them on blast, but the Green Bay Packers, the G logo is not unique in any particular way. Um, in fact, there are multiple teams in both in college, especially, uh, university of Georgia, Grambling, uh, state university, 
both have the exact same letter G. But one, it would be almost sacrilegious to replace this logo for the Packers with anything else. Um, but two, I, I think, I really think this is an exception because it just, for some reason, the the way that they the way that they have color schemed it. Obviously, the Packers with their um, you know, it's like a white, it's a white G with uh, uh, like on a green background with a gold uh, trim. Um, and then uh, the Bulldogs, it's a white, again, a white G, but with black and red trim. And Grambling State, um, it's a black, I believe it's a black, yeah, it's a black G on a yellow uh, backdrop. For just for some reason, all of these variations, these very slight very slight variations on this G logo all seem to fit the teams and work perfectly on their helmets. It's really, uh, truly, maybe it's just the the general design of this G. It just works and fits well on a helmet. Maybe that's what's going on here, that it, it's okay that we have essentially variations of the exact same logo. So I think this is an exception to the rule. And like I said, I think it would be sacrilegious to replace the Green Bay Packers logo with anything else. So they definitely get the nod here. Um, get the nod here as an exception to this idea of originality and distinctiveness. Okay, so let's move on to uniform cohesiveness. And again, for this one I have, for the first one here, the good version of this, I have two teams here, uh, two football teams. Seattle, uh, In particular, the Seattle Seahawks throwbacks and the Buffalo Bills current uniforms. Now, the Seahawks actually have low-key mastered the logo uniform cohesiveness. Um, I just think that their current throwbacks, which are these kind of um, slightly slightly enhanced versions of their 1990s, 1980s, 1990s uniforms, uh, are the best example. So the Seahawks logo is the... Um, it's basically been the same since their inception, which is that's a good sign that you have a good logo when you're when you've been able to keep it the same for a long period of time. Um, it's that sort of stylized head of the, I guess, I mean, a Seahawk, it's, there's no such thing as a Seahawk. I mean, it's an Osprey. It, 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 I don't know if that's necessarily an Osprey head, but it's the head of the Seahawk. Um, and it's got their, it's like a two-tone with like their color. I believe it's like blue and green, blue on top, green in the bottom, um, you know, and usually with like a blue or green eye. I think the eye is green, whatever. It doesn't really matter. But the point being here that that they've they've inserted that same logo with some different touches as they you know during their during their most recent run of Super Bowl um you know their their back-to-back Super Bowls or whatever it was or was it back-to-back I think it was back-to-back um or maybe two and three years whatever but their more recent run of success under uh under Pete Carroll they changed the uniforms and the logo still worked really really well with their kind of um amped up you know brighter uh, more distinct uniforms um, I should say distinctly, distinctly bright uniforms. Um, so the logo works in both capacities. I just think now with the, the way that the, um, the way that the uniforms look, the, their throwback uniforms look, they're a little bit brighter. The helmets are a little bit more brighter metallic. Um, everything works so absolutely so well. The, the metallic silver helmets, as opposed to the blue ones that they normally have, are really make the logo pop i mean big time the logo really pops brightly and with the logo up on the sleeve in place of there's kind of like a just like a pattern there in the current uniform but the logo fits perfectly on the uh on the sleeve as well um so you have it kind of doubled um when you look from the side you have it doubled on the helmet and on the sleeve uh and you know obviously with the color scheme it just looks fantastic 
Um, but but again, the the logo has the logo is able to, especially con- since the shape of it kind of really fits well on a helmet. The logo is, if they were to change their colors, their color scheme really radically in the next couple of years, uh, which I doubt it. That you know the most of the most of the Seattle teams tend to keep that uh, blue green kind of color scheme. You know, it's very emblematic of the Pacific Northwest. But if they were to radically change their color scheme, the logo itself is so well made that it's adaptable to any kind of any kind of um, color changes. So uh, the Seahawks really really nailed it out of the park with uh, with their logo in general. Uh, but with the current, their current iteration of their throwbacks, the thing looks awesome. It's such a good logo. And the Buffalo Bills. I, I am so glad that the Bills, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of am kind of an outside Bills fan, uh, a Bills adjacent fan. I don't know what you really call it. Um, since, uh, you know, my, since the, the original Cleveland Browns were, uh, moved to Baltimore, I, we got a lot of, obviously we got a lot of Steelers games those weekends for a few years. We got a lot of Bills games too. And the Bills, not going to cheer for the Steelers. So the Bills kind of became my second team. I mean, there is no other team, you know, really. It's just, I only like the Browns and the Bills basically. Um, so, you know, I grew up with those, um, with those Bills uniforms with the red helmet, with the, with the, the blue and red Buffalo, the, you know, the blue Buffalo with the red stripe, you know, the, the motion stripe on it. Uh, and then with the blue jerseys and the and the white pants, and then for a while there they went to these like the helmet basically stayed the same, the logo stayed the same, but the uniform changed to like these weird like kind of boxy ones with like with like a collar essentially uh, built into it. Uh, they just they never really looked good. And then they went back to their more '60s and '70s inspired uniforms a few years ago, with the um, you know going to a more bright kind of i guess i don't know like almost a dodger type of blue i'm sure they i'm sure they have a name for it um but it's this much brighter kind of uh deep much brighter more filled filled out sort of blue um with white helmets and the white helmet really lets the charging buffalo logo which has stayed the same it just pops better on a white helmet you just see it much more clearly and the the color scheme the color scheme along with that logo um, on the white helmet really does make it look like everything is sort of moving forward. It just, it's a, it's a, it's a logo uniform combination that has a lot of forward motion. And it's just one of the, it's absolutely one of the best in the NFL, one of the best in, in any level of football, I, honestly. So Seahawks, Bills, excellent uniform cohesiveness here. They really both on both levels here, they really, really hit the nail on the head with these ones. So how about we get to the bad? Uh, this is one that I really don't like at all, and that is the LA Clippers current logo with the where it's a basketball. Uh, I guess it's, I mean, I guess it's a white basketball. Um, really, that's just I think it's just meant more or less just like a blank basketball versus uh, like actually white, but uh, sort of blank basketball with um, the LAC stylized in a way in which the it's like it just looks like a big square, um, but with you know, the, with a large C kind of wrapping around a boxy L and A, um, the C is, I believe the C is blue and the LA is red or maybe it's black and regardless, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good on a uniform so much so that they really don't put it on their uniforms. Um, there's all, I think there's only one iteration of their uniforms that has the current LA Clippers logo on it. Otherwise they, they tend to wear, alternate uniforms wherein the logo isn't present um and for good reason it just doesn't look good um they tend to go with like this 
you know, the, the font uniforms or these throwback ones that have like this kind of gothic Los Angeles text, which I don't actually like either. But the you just know you have a bad logo when the team isn't really utilizing it on the uniforms that often. So um, LA Clippers logo, that's what I think about it. How about an exception to this sort of uniform cohesiveness? Um, Pat the Patriot. This is the old school Patriots logo that they used for a couple of decades up really through the, uh, through the late 80s, early 90s, I believe, before we went to the Flying Elvis. Um, so Pat doesn't really fit in in terms of like sort of uniform flow. It's a it's a patriot. You know, it's a guy. Think of a patriot. You know, like a 1700s patriot. Um, that sort of style of dress, and he's hiking a football, and he's kind of grinning at you. It just doesn't really like fit necessarily. It doesn't flow with the rest of the uniform. But man, there's just something about it. I think I think it's sort of I think the sort of um, I don't know the the discontinuity. I don't think that's the word at all. I'm making a word up. But I'm going to go with it. The the discontinuity I think is part of its charm. It's this very, it's this very unique logo that no other team has ever had, and it's just kind of you know it's and it's on this white helmet. Um, it's a little you know it's a little chunky, but like I just I think it's one of those things where it's kind of like man this this is it's kind of garish, but I think because it's a little bit garish it just works out well you know it just it doesn't have literally the flying elvis um head logo that they they have currently matches the flow of the uniform um you know the color scheme but like it contours to the helmet um you know again it's one of those it's a forward motion kind of logo so it like makes sense but it just i don't know pat the patriot just is in its kind of folksiness and it's it's um again a logo that's very of its time in terms of something you know that was thought up in the 1960s but it just the quaintness the quirkiness of it just works so pat the patriot you get a pass on this one you are the exception to the uniform cohesiveness rule okay here let's move on to our minimal objects and our first one our our good example of minimal objects is the milwaukee bucks now if you're not terribly, if you haven't really looked into this logo very deeply, you're probably thinking, well, yeah, there's no objects at all. Correct and incorrect at the same time. So the current Milwaukee Bucks logo, it's like a, you know, it's a buck, obviously it's a deer uh, kind of facing forward with like a, you know, big antlers, um, you know, rising towards the, uh, you know, up, rising up and towards the center of the, of the logo. Very solid logo, excellent logo. Um, but if you look closely, and if you were to connect the lines of those antlers on either side, and you were to draw them into the middle and there to meet each other, they would in fact make the seam lines in a basketball. So while there is no basketball actually present in the logo, the antlers help you visually hint at a basketball. That's exactly what they're there for. And so this is a very clever idea of of how to incorporate the sport without just sticking a basketball somewhere in the logo. I think that if um if they had gone with something, you know, a design similar like in the 1990s or something, it would just there would just be a basketball right there smack in the middle of the, you know, of the antlers. Uh but in this case, they they went with a much more subtle um a much more subtle idea here and just hinted at the presence of a basketball instead of just putting one right smack in the middle there it's a really 
really excellent idea, really well done by the Bucks. Um, and it's it's just it's funny because like when I um, I'm a person I'm very into uh, banners, flags. It's a study of banners and flags it's called vexillology, and I'm very into vexillology. And Milwaukee has maybe the least. Milwaukee has um, the the Milwaukee city flag violates every single design convention when it comes to making a flag. So I just think it's kind of funny that the the basketball team in Milwaukee um, went the subtle route with what you know how they're going to present their team you know to the to their fans and to the rest of the league. They went the subtle route, whereas the city years ago decided to not go the subtle route at all when designing the flag for Milwaukee. I, you, I'm going to have to make this into a sound clip because you will see exactly what I mean when I tell you that the Milwaukee city flag is one of the most obnoxious things you've ever seen in your entire life. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, little side rant over there. Milwaukee Bucks logo, excellent use of – excellent – job of minimizing objects in a logo so what's bad use of minimizing a logo (laughs) minimizing an object in a logo and i I went with two teams here i went with the it's sticking with the nba actually oddly enough here um but the miami heat and the phoenix suns literally these are two of the worst logos in the nba for teams that feel like they should have kind of cool fresh logos um Flaming basketballs for teams named the Heat and the Suns, it's just way too on the nose. It is way too on point. Um, I get it. You you, you guys are hot. Um, so we're gonna put some flames on it. You know, obviously the, the one is the one is more the corona of the sun, um, and the other one is just a flaming basketball. But it just it's just too on the nose. And then additionally, the Suns the Suns Corona basketball, the, their version of the flaming basketball. It just looks so amateurish. I mean, it really doesn't look like it's that interesting or detailed. It just looks like it was designed by a high schooler. Um, very similar with like the heat flaming ball. It's just it's. I don't think it looks that great. And then additionally, because the the rim in the logo is white, it looks like the flaming ball is actually going through the rim of a toilet. So um, I, I don't think I just don't think that's the message you want. Uh, for either of these teams, there's there has to be a better a better option for both of these teams. I I don't I don't know what it is, but there's just got to be a better option than what we were given here because these two logos really, frankly, just suck. Um, especially, man, I'm especially Miami with their they have the really cool alternate Miami Vice uh, uniforms and that have some like real interesting lettering and stuff. There, there just has to be something you can do other than. A hot flaming basketball dropping through a toilet bowl. But whatever. Um, how about the exception? We are going to... These are all kind of related here. Uh, an exception to this minimizing objects. Uh, and it's another clever another clever design here by the fine folks in Milwaukee. And this is the Milwaukee Brewers. If you're going to go with objects, then really go with the objects and, and just incorporate them very blatantly and directly. So the Milwaukee Brewers uh, logo is, I mean, it is a baseball smack in the middle of a baseball glove, right? That is the logo. But it is very clever in that the baseball and the baseball glove help make up the letters M and B for the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, so they they met that sort of, they met this idea of minimalism. We're like, no, we're going to go maximal. 
maximalism for our logo. But we're going to do it in a way that just is kind of clever and fits. And honestly, the, I think the Milwaukee Brewers uh, logo, color scheme, their uniforms, everything is really on point. Uh, but this going going kind of bucking the trend and going in reverse uh, as opposed to minimalism and kind of trying to hide things. You're like, all right, let's put it right out in front, but let's make these things real stylized so that so the the M and the B are very obvious, even though it is it does look like a glove and a baseball. Um, it's just a really job well done of sort of taking taking something that I don't necessarily like and kind of turning it on its head to make it into something that's really really good. So once again, Milwaukee this. Very interesting sort of design hub where we have minimalism, maximalism, and uh, bizarreness all coming out of the same uh, the same Midwestern city. So there you go. That kind of wraps up the 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 examples of like the design things that I'm looking for. But here are some other things that I, I do like and also don't like. Um, just think about the, the the Kansas City Royals um, Kansas City Royals City Edition logo. It incorporates the Kansas City flag in a really unique way. Um, if you've ever seen it before, it's this nice sort of um, this, I don't, it's representative of fountains, but like, I don't know exactly what you call the, the design itself, but it's a lot of like cascading lines and they've, um, I'm not doing this flag justice or this design justice, but they incorporated that into their city edition uniforms, making the KC look like this kind of flowing, uh, fountain almost, um, flowing fountain representative, representative kind of deal with their, uh, with the KC lettering. Um, very smooth, good visual flow, looks really good on the uniform and on the hat. Uh, definitely like a thumbs up for me in terms of, uh, in terms of the city edition uniforms for baseball and that for that matter for basketball, um, they've been kind of hit or miss, but I think the Kansas city Royals, uh, city edition, uh, logo and uniform are, are very, very solid. Um, dislike, how about that fat Irishman for the Boston Celtics? Um, like, it, it, there's a reason why this sneering, the sneering fat Celtic isn't on any of your uniforms because it looks like shit. Um, but it, it's one of those things. The the prestige and success of the Boston Celtics has kept this logo alive. Obviously, it's right there in center court um, at, at uh, whatever the, I don't know whatever the whatever the new Boston Garden is TD Garden something like that. Whatever, but it, it's it's made its way from the Boston Garden to the new arena. Um, it's iconic, but it's iconic because they're the Celtics. I would hazard a guess that if the Celtics were along the same lines in terms of their success as my Cavaliers or the Washington Wizards or someone like that, someone of that ilk, um, that they would never have held on to this fat Irishman logo. There's just no fucking way they would have held on to this thing. It looks like shit. Um, but it's... It's just one of those things, and we'll talk about this probably a little bit, when certain teams can overcome bad logos for various reasons. Uh, and the Celtics are definitely one of those teams that is overcoming a bad logo. Uh, certainly, again, you just, you know, you never, there's a reason why you never see the fat Irishman on a jersey. The most that they'll ever do, even with some of their um, alternate uniforms and city edition designs, is put a four-leaf clover on the uniform, uh, which makes makes a ton of sense um and it looks better than the fat irishman uh how about the, the uh, two two new york teams whose logos i don't like the new york mets and the new york islanders could they be any busier could you have any more things on a logo uh the mets we actually have the you know the the actual lettering the, the word mets um across the new york cityscape 
across an unidentified bridge. It's it's not a bridge that stands in for anything. And also it has a baseball pattern, um, you know, the stitching pattern on it as well. And then how about uh, the New York the New York Islanders? We have the we have the 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 top or the not topographical but like the map outline of Long Island itself. The stylized New York Islanders logo with the hockey stick that bends out of the Y. There's a puck there. It's like there's just too much going on. Mets and the Islanders, get your shit together. Simplify your logos. There's too much going on with both of your logos. All right, so let's get into something. I'm just uh, just a little oddity that um, that are an oddity that is unique to baseball and football, and that is that baseball and football are the only sports. Um, the only sports where the team logo is usually different from the hat or helmet insignia. Not not cons- it's not all the time. They're they're different all the time, but very frequently um, these the the I, the fact that both of these sports allow players to have an extra piece of equipment to kind of put something unique on it. Um, that's really why we have this sort of oddity, right? For the most part, most sports teams, their logo is what appears on their uniform or, you know, in some capacity it appears on their uniform, be it on a shoulder or on the front of the jersey, whatever. Um, the logo is usually on there. In baseball, very often you have um, a team logo, a cap insignia, sometimes a, a, yet a different script that goes on the jersey. Um, you know, so you have like kind of like these three sort of incongruous um, pieces of identification for a team in baseball. And obviously in football, there's just because of the uniform rules, there's no room for a logo. Usually there's no room for a logo on the jersey itself uh, unless you're putting it somewhere small on the sleeves. Um, but other, obviously the helmet has to be the the area where you're putting uh, putting the logo on it. But even then, they're not the helmet insignia isn't necessarily the same as the logo. So let's get into that. Um, I mentioned, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this right at the top that the Yankees have a logo, but it's not what you're, it's not what you think of when you're picturing the Yankees logo. What you are picturing is their cap insignia and their uniform insignia. The, the, the crossed NY, the, the classic, um, iconic class, cl- uh, excuse me, crossed NY is in fact their, Hat and uh, hat insignia, and in this case for them, uh, on their uniform, it's also their their uniform insignia. But the Yankees have a logo. It is a it is a script Yankees in red, with uh, this kind of red, white, and blue top hat on a baseball bat, over top of a baseball. That's the Yankees logo. Um, but no one ever thinks about that when you think about the Yankees. No one is putting that logo, um, you know, on a, a bumper sticker. They're putting the NY. On a bumper sticker, people aren't buying the the Yankees hat with, and they're not getting it with the uh, with the script Yankees with the weird uh, red, white, and blue top hat on the bat. No one's getting that. They're getting the NY, um, but it's different. It is in fact a uniform. In the Yankees' case, it's a uniform and cap insignia. It is different. Um, actually, most baseball teams have a very decept- a very distinct and separate cap insignia versus a logo. For example, the Guardians have a winged G logo, but their cap insignia is this kind of diamond stylized C. The Red Sox. What's the Red Sox logo? It's a pair of Red Sox. 
Um, but what's on their hat? Now, sometimes they do have a hat that they have like an alternate hat that has uh, that has the actual Red Sox on it. But their cap insignia, it's a big B for Boston. Dodgers, uh, they have the LA Dodgers logo with like this kind of uh, uh, this baseball that's kind of in action flying over the over the the font that's that spells out Dodgers. But what's on their caps? LA is on their caps. Um, so most teams have that distinction. There's a few, obviously, that have the same uh, logo and cap insignia. The White Sox have the same logo and cap insignia. The Twins have the same logo and cap insignia. Orioles, Angels, they all have the same logo and cap insignia. However, there are a couple of teams that have, they kind of are splitting the difference. The Astros logo is only partially on their hat. On their hat, you have the H over the over the star, but there is more to their logo. Um, it's more like a seal. It's like an H. It's an H over a star, but it also has Houston Astros in a uh, in a circle border around the logo. The Reds, um, their their logo is their kind of signature C with Reds written across it. But the only thing that appears in their caps is that signature C. So even the Reds and the Astros can kind of have a difference uh, with their with their logo versus their cap insignia. Um, so this is this is something that it's it's more common with baseball. Um, and you know, it's, it, it just goes back to the era before we were, you know, the, the era before there were a lot of like really good quote unquote logos where all you had was, you know, the, the Yankees NY, all you had was the Boston B, um, you know, one point in time, the Cleveland C, uh, you know, that was it. That's all you had. The, the, you know, the New York Giants NY, that was it. Um, and then as time progressed, most teams kind of kept that tradition, and of, of, you know, putting the, the city letters or team letter on the cap. Um, and just one of those, one of those design traditions for baseball that has just followed through that even newer teams, uh, expansion teams, like when you think about the, uh, you know, the, the Arizona Diamondbacks have a, a stylized letter A as their cap insignia. Um, and I think, I actually think now that they I think now that the Diamondbacks are in line, their cap insignia is also their logo as well. But you know, in other sports, they wouldn't, they just wouldn't do it this way. But the other, you know, the other oddity, as I said before, is football. Um, and again, that's because the helmet kind of offers a unique opportunity to do something different from the logo. For example, uh, here in Ohio, the Bengals have their logo is a big letter B, like a capital letter B with the Bengal stripes on it. But what's on their helmet? Nothing other than the Bengal stripes, right? Like it is kind of uh, kind of akin to the kind of akin to the browns there's actually not really a logo on it they're just using part of their of their logo design to uh, enhance their helmet to make it look like the bengal stripes the eagles the eagles have an eagle head logo but what is on their helmet eagle wings across the front of the helmet so we're not even we're not even actually getting any part of the logo or anything like that we're just going with a similar design motif uh, to put on the helmet. Uh, the Rams and the Vikings kind of uh, are very similar to um, the Astros and the Reds in that they're utilizing just parts of their logo for their helmet. You know, the Vikings logo is like, well, it's a Viking, right? Like, you know, it's a big, big uh, blonde Viking head, uh, you know, like a purple, you know, using their purple and gold uh, motif, whatever. And it's kind of like a side profile of, of a Viking, like a very kind of classic picture book Viking. Uh, but what's on their helmets? 
the horn of the Viking uh, from their logo. The Rams, the LA Rams logo is like a script LA Rams with the horn, uh, with the ram horn kind of circling around uh, around the uh, the logo lettering. And what's on their helmet, which has been on their helmet forever, which I think it's one of the best helmets in all, maybe the best helmet in all of football. Uh, but that ram, that ram horn curves around the entirety of their helmet. So we have, you know, again, very much like the Astros and the Reds, the Rams and the Vikings are utilizing just part of their logo for their helmet. And as I mentioned before, the Cleveland Browns, my Cleveland Browns, are an oddity. No logo, no additional helmet design on the logo. It's just the orange with the uh, brown and white striping. And I got to say, like, I, I know there's been talk, like, we've we've unofficially adopted certain logos for the dog pound. You know, we we do, the Browns have, like, this dog motif uh, that they've had since, like, the 80s. Um, and, but I, I don't think that we'll ever adopt a logo. And I'm kind of, I like that. I like that, that, that there's one team just kind of doing its own thing. In whereas in the NFL, there's a lot of, as I mentioned before, there's a lot of um, homogenous professional sports logos. And I'm really glad that the Browns have kind of not only done something different, they're doing, they're just completely staying out of the logo game um, and forcing the NFL to use a helmet in place. And I think it also kind of gives uh, Browns fans some license to be creative with like, you know, if you go to a Browns game, a lot like a, like a Raiders game, there's a lot of people that do their own there's a lot of fanatics that do their own costuming and stuff like that and when you don't have a logo you can kind of stretch the colors and do whatever you want with them right so i kind of like that the browns are a bit of an oddity in that case um and i think i, I mentioned this yeah i think i mentioned this previously but it's worth going over one more time here um at least with the nfl the uniform rules necessitate the nfl using the helmet for something either a logo or some other kind of some other kind of insignia or design in the case of like the Bengals or whatever um just the there a lot of the real estate on the jersey is taken up because of the requirements for number size and placement um you know a lot of the and that's for the purposes of the broadcast um so you know announcers can more easily see who has the ball who got penalized uh same for the referees it's easier for the referees to see who's getting the penalty called on them um, when you have like that much real estate on a jersey taken up by numbers, so if that's the case, you got to use the helmets for for the logos or some other kind of insignia. All right, so let's get into briefly here some college logos, and I wanted to talk about them uh, specifically because I feel like college logos are a little boring, and it's okay. I I think. College logos are a little bit boring by design, right? And there's a very good reason that they're a little bit boring by design. Um, college logos need to be applicable to multiple sports. And thus, they need to be applicable to multiple sports uniforms. So the simplicity of a college of a college logo, you know, usually just a letter or two letters, maybe sometimes, you know, you might get a um, you know, the full three or four letters, if it's like BGSU or something like that. Actually, I take that back. BG is just BG on their, on their logo. But, you know, Oklahoma State University, for example, like they have OSU written out, you know, they have a three-letter logo. Um, but like they just want, you want to keep it simpler because you're, you want this to be applicable to multiple teams with multiple uniform requirements. Like I said, like the, you know, the, there are, rules about the way football uniforms are designed 
the same way there are rules about basketball uniforms, rules about track uniforms, rules about um, you know baseball uniforms. They all have their own rules. So you need something on the simpler side to kind of translate across sports. So college logos are just much, much more simplistic. Um, and like I said, does it make it a little bit boring? Yeah, a little bit. But again, if you're if you're making uniforms and merchandise for those uniforms, that it just needs it needs to stretch a little bit farther than you know it needs to stretch a little bit farther than like the Bengals logo, right? Like there's only one Bengals team, uh, but like if you were to let's go ahead and and uh, flip it and, and talk about the Bayou Bengals, the LSU Tigers, you know the LSU Tigers have a football team, a basketball men's and women's basketball team, men's and women's track, men's and women's soccer. Um, rowing, I mean, wrestling, whatever. Like there are multiple teams that have to wear that logo. So it just has to be something that a little bit more simply can be stuck on a, on a wrestling singlet the same way that it's on their baseball or softball uniforms, uh, you know, their hats, the same way that it's going to be on the, um, you know, on the, uh, on their basketball jerseys, whatever. So they just have to be a little bit more simplistic. And I, I also think a lot of times... What, as I mentioned before, a lot of times when you think about some of the iconic college teams and their logos, you're actually not even thinking about the logo. Truly, you're not. Um, And again, it's because they're just a little bit bland. You're thinking about some other kind of accoutrement to the uniform, to the um, whatever, to the legacy, to the tradition of of these particular teams. For For example, the Ohio State logo is not the Buckeye sticker that you see all over the helmets. Um, the Ohio State logo is very generic, kind of. It's a very generic, um, not script, a very generic uh, print Ohio State um, that is, a, you know, it can just be stuck on just about in a uniform. Um, but those Buckeye stickers are not the Ohio State logo. The, I think you do think about the Michigan M, the, you know, the, the, the yellow, the maize M, but at least with the football team, you're thinking about those helmets with the Wolverine claw, right? That's kind of what that's like emblematic of that Wolverine claw on the helmet. Um, that's what you're thinking of, and that's potentially more iconic than the than the uh, than the Maze uh, M is that Wolverine claw helmet. But that's again not the Michigan logo. The Michigan logo is just a big letter M. Um, I think there are even some teams are are you even thinking about their logo when you think about the these iconic teams. What's Alabama's logo? It's the letter A in crimson. <laughs> crimson. Um, but are you thinking about Alabama's logo? Or are you thinking about the Crimson Tides uniform with the crimson helmet with the right stripe and the numbers on it? Um, you know, I think that Alabama, the color scheme is what pops up. North Carolina, Duke. Are you thinking about their logos for the, either of those teams? No, you're thinking about you're thinking about the Tar Heel blue, that powder blue versus the Duke blue. Right. Like that's what you're thinking about. Um, so I think that, again, the, the the kind of generic blandness of a lot of college uniforms or excuse me, a lot of college logos then allows you to sort of latch on to other things, be it the color scheme, uh, be it some of the like I said, like the accoutrement, like the the design of the Michigan helmet, the Ohio State Buckeyes. I think the, um, uh, you know, like I think Clemson does something similar with uh, with like paw prints or maybe bones or something. Like, it doesn't really matter. Um, but like there, there are just a lot of other things that kind of pop into mind when it comes to the college teams and their logos. Having said that, there are 
definitely some iconic and very interesting collegiate logo excuse me collegiate logos out there i think starting from the top in terms of iconic in terms of like a very iconic logo the texas longhorns right this is iconic across all their sports it is a perfectly simple logo um it it, it works the it works with the color scheme especially the their football uniforms i think i think uh texas uh, they're they're real simple um burnt orange with the white helmet, white pants, and the burnt orange Longhorn logo on the side of the helmet is one of the best in football, at any level of football. Um, but, you know, it certainly works super well with their with their football uniforms, but that Longhorn works on all their uniforms. It is a, it is a perfectly simple logo. And in terms of simplicity, but also understanding exactly who this is, what school this is, what team this is, the Texas Longhorn logo is one of the best. Absolutely one of the best. Um, how about the Miami Hurricanes? The logo is so synonymous that the school has kind of co-opted the U as their as their moniker, right? University of Miami. At one point in time, it was UM for University of Miami. And then it just became the U. And then, you know, once the Miami Hurricanes in the 1980s came around and dominated football for about like the, the better part of, uh, you know, 10, 12, 15 years, then it became synonymous to be then then it became the U, right? Like that's that is how iconic that split U uh, orange and green Miami logo is. That now the 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 logo itself has kind of taken over the school name, uh, and and you know obviously people still call them the Hurricanes, but a lot of people just immediately when you think of Miami, you don't think of the Miami Hurricanes, you think of the U. Uh, another I, I, absolute icon, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, the little Fighting Irishman. Um, it is so famous, they don't even have to use it on any of their uniforms. It, and it really, it doesn't show up on a lot of their uniforms. Uh, but obviously it's like on their basketball court. Um, you know, you'll see it on merchandise. And obviously you have the, the little, you know, the mascot that shows up to the football games and basketball games and stuff. But it's not like a widely used logo, but it doesn't need to be widely used. It is just so famous and so iconic that people know they see that little fighting Irishman, they know that we're talking about Notre Dame. Uh, maybe the probably the only school that is so um, is so well known that people know their logo, even though it actually doesn't get used that often. And then I just wanted to highlight a couple here that are, are very cool, um, very cool logos, uh, and one very interesting logo. So the Dayton Flyers have a very cool logo. It's this kind of winged. It's this winged D, uh, you know, Dayton, obviously the home of the Wright, Wright brothers, hence why the, the the school mascot for University of Dayton is the Flyers. Um, it's a very cool logo. It's just, it doesn't appear on any of their uniforms. Um, it, it, you know, it's on their like home basketball court, but I would love to see them incorporate the Dayton, uh, the Dayton logo elsewhere if possible because it's a really solid one. Uh, the Eastern Washington Eagles. So... Whether this was intentional or not, and I think it probably was intentional, there seems to be a very Native American inspired um, kind of. This appears to be a Native American inspired logo. Um, you know, it's it's an eagle with um, the segment. It's like it's got like different kind of designs and segments to make up this eagle. I'm not going to describe it very well, but you can look up Eastern Washington Eagles logo. Um, and inside the eagles, also the the letters E E W U for Eastern Washington University. And I think. The reason why I think this is intentional is because this is a school that had a very, very bad time with Native American 
cultural appropriation. Um, you know, they used to be the Eastern Washington Savages, uh, which, you know, obviously they, they changed that in the 70s. For a while, they were the Eastern Washington No Names um, after the after the board pulled the name Savages. Um, there, there are some other incidents with students making their own Savages merchandise um, before they finally settled on the Eagles and settled on the current logo. And I, that's why I think this one is intentionally Native American inspired, Native American inspired, um, simply because of their weird history with uh, with the local tribes uh, in that in that region of the country. And then finally, here I want to wrap up with a really odd one: uh, the New Mexico State Aggies. So, from everything that I know about the term Aggie, it's a colloquialism, a colloquialism, a slang term, whatever. For someone who's a farmer or a rancher, or in the case of a place like New Mexico State, an agricultural student. So naturally, the New Mexico State Aggies logo is a, looks like a bandit with a pair of drawn six shooters. Um, I have no idea what kind of farming they're doing down in New Mexico, but apparently it involves a lot of shooting. So much so that they've decided that their logo is going to be a guy holding two guns. Um, it's a very, very interesting logo. And believe me, I'm not selling short exactly what is happening on this thing. It is very bizarre. All right, we're going to get to our last segment here. I'm calling the classics. Um, as I previously mentioned, I think there are, I think there are some logos that maybe, uh, break or bend some design rules that I laid out, um, or certainly break or bend design rules that are just kind of modern conventions, Right. And I think it's because a logo has become kind of iconic for two reasons why they're why these logos are allowed to bend or break rules, and that's because it's synonymous with a high, highly successful team, or it's a logo that is so old it predates more modern design conventions. Like those are the two reasons why um, you'll have some teams, like as, as I mentioned before, um, like the the fat Irishman for the Celtics. If the Celtics were not a a very hyper successful team for a very long period of time. I can't imagine that they would have hung on to that logo. Uh, there'd be no reason to sort of keep something out of tradition if your tradition sucked, right? Like it is fine to drop, it's fine to drop logos and uniform designs and things like that if your team's tradition is just sucking ass. But the Celtics do not have a tradition of sucking ass. They have a tradition of kicking ass. So their their fat Irishman logo is something that has persisted, even though it kind of looks like shit. Um, so I'm kind of I have these sort of separated here. Um, I, I'm just kind of present four different levels of logo here, and some of these are they are synonymous. They're either synonymous with a really successful team, or they do predate sort of um, sort of modern des- or modern design conventions. But I also kind of I also open this up to some things that I just don't like, but I understand why they exist, or I, I don't know. There's there's just this is just a long list that I want to finish up with, and I have this in I have this in four different sections here. Four different sections here. We can call I guess the first two would really be would kind of touch on the classics, right? So the first two sections here I'm calling there are legendary logos and solid symbols. These are the ones that are, you know, maybe they're not. Um, Maybe they're not very modern. Maybe they're not, um, maybe they're not even, I don't know. They're, they're just for one, one reason or another, there's no reason to change them because they are so iconic. Um, and then 
at the later half here, the, the second part of this, I have uh, ass insignias, which are ones that I just don't like. Um, violate They violate various rules I don't like or whatever. But maybe they kind of, maybe in their own way, they're classic as well. And then finally here I have memorable marks. These are some throwback designs um, that they need to kind of resurrect, I think. So it'll make sense when I get down to it all. So let's start off here with, let's start off, you know, let's go, let's go bottom to top. Let's start off with the memorable marks. So these are, um, these are kind of throwbacks or old alternates or whatever, or just original uniforms that I think teams would be better served going back to because over time they have become more iconic than what they are currently wearing. Um, so let's start here. The Buffalo Sabres, they have, and I think the Sabres have a good uniform, a very solid uniform, uh, and a very solid logo. But the Buffalo Sabres need to make their evil goat head uniforms from the mid-90s, mid to late 90s. Um, they need to go back to that uniform. If you are unfamiliar with this, it literally is a... The, the, the Buffalo Sabres for a while were red, black, and, uh, you know, like a gray, gray and white kind of color scheme. And they had a, they, they went with this, they went with this like uh, kind of stylized buffalo head that looked more like an evil goat, like an evil Baphomet kind of logo. It had like a red eye. Um, it looked like it was just like rampaging. It, it just, the whole color scheme, the color scheme and the logo itself on the uniform made it look like, these were like devil worshiping uniforms and they're fucking awesome. They really need to bring these back. In fact, there is a player, there's a player that uh, during this time period played for the Miroslav Shatan. Um, so on the, on the front, you had the evil goat head logo and on the back of Miroslav Shatan's number 81 Jersey, uh, his, his sweater. Um, do you know how you spell Shatan? S A T A N. Does that sound like another name that you've heard of? Probably. So um, it's like a it's like a jersey that is, is like a it's like a collector's item jersey to have this Sabres goat head with Satan written on the back of it. But regardless, the Buffalo Sabres need to bring back the evil goat head um, logo for sure. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they've they've they I'm pretty sure they did the throwbacks this year to their original uniforms with those the cream uniforms, which I think I don't mind the Buccaneers uniform right now. But I do think that those cream school uniforms over time have gotten, um, they're just a lot cooler than they probably were back in the 1970s. And especially that saucy pirate winking at you, come on, that needs to be back on that helmet. So the Buccaneers need to go back to the saucy pirate logo and that cream school color scheme. It's fantastic. I'm going to give a team here that I do not like uh, <laughs> some props here, but the Broncos Orange Crush. Uh, logo uh, back in the day the uh, the Broncos had a had a lighter orange and blue uh, color scheme and they had a it was a capital letter D with the kind of uh, bucking Bronco in inside the the letter D and I think they need to go back to that I I don't really don't really have any issues with their current logo but I just think that that bucking Bronco inside the letter D was much more iconic and I think that the it, it goes with the lighter color scheme quite a bit better too. But if they wanted to stick with the current more darker um, blue and orange, they could do that too. I just think that logo, that logo would look better than what they're going with right now. A team a team that should absolutely one hundred percent change their logo 
the Seattle Mariners need to go back to their Trident M logo. Uh, one of the absolute best in the history of baseball. And I cannot believe that they've instead gone with like the, the compass logo for the Mariners. Um, it, it's, I get it, but the Trident is much cooler. In fact, the Trident, that's what they, you know, so I, I know I mentioned that a lot of baseball teams have, uh, you know, they're in dugout celebrations when guys hit home runs. And now they're in they're in dugout celebration is they hand off uh, like the big Aquaman kind of style trident to uh, you know whoever's hit the home run uh, most recently. Um, they, that needs to be back on their hats. It was awesome. It was you know the again think of a trident facing downwards to form the letter M. Classic, gorgeous. It's on their city edition uniforms, but they need to make that their full time logo. That trident M needs to come back ASAP. And lastly here. For a while there, the uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates had kind of an angry pirate uh, logo. It was just like a, a guy in a bandana kind of making a scowl or whatever, you know, whatever. It, it was a pirate. Um, I'm okay with that, but I instead of like the angry pirate, I want them to go back. I want them to actually use a pirate skull and bones for their for their logo. How the Pirates have gone this long you know, obviously they have the Jolly Roger there at the stadium. Like when, when someone hits a home run or they win a game, they raise the Jolly Roger. But how there isn't on their hat a pirate skull and bones or some kind of similar logo is beyond me. Their their spiked letter P is totally fine. It actually looks really good on the jersey. Um, but how you don't have how you do not have some kind of version of a Jolly Roger on your hat is just beyond me. Get back to that. Get give me, give me a human skull, put it on your damn hat, and I'll buy it, even though I don't even like the Pittsburgh Pirates. All right, so how about some ass insignias? Um, I'm going to start a little, a little controversial one here, but I, I the St. Louis Cardinals logo with the Cardinals sitting on a bat. Um, it, it, you can't really even... I, I know it's been on some of their uniforms. It's like kind of awkward when it's on their uniforms. Um, I just... I, it just doesn't look good to me. That's why they generally go with like a script Cardinals. Um, it doesn't look good. It, um, I, I don't know. It just, it seems so, you know, it doesn't look good. It violates my, you know, my preference for minimal amount of objects. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I don't like it. But at the same time, it's so iconic and so old that I totally understand why they keep it around. Just a throwback to, a throwback to the years when the Cardinals were a, um, you know, they're still solid. You know, they've still been a solid team in recent years. But certainly you go back to the 50s and 60s or whatever. They were a really, really great team with a great tradition with, you know, some with tons of Hall of Fame players. So I get why they hang on to it. I, I totally do. I just think it's just kind of a crappy logo. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders eye patch guy. The eye patch Raider or pirate, whatever he is, whatever you want to call him. It's this isn't so much that I don't like it. It's just, could you imagine this being, you know, if if, if the Raiders started today, um, you know, they weren't a, they weren't a team that that dates back to the nineteen sixties. Uh, is it fifties or sixties? Maybe fifties. But if they were a team that was was just coming into the league now, there is no way, absolutely no way, you would just have a eye patch guy hanging out in the side of the helmet with Raiders written over the the top with the cross swords. There is no way that that would be the logo. Um, it's just, it's amazing. It's because of the, you know, the iconic nature of the Raiders. 
um, you know, successful team, but also forever and forever the the outlaw team of the NFL. Um, That's the only reason why that logo has persisted. Um, The only reason. Uh, The Oklahoma City Thunder, their basketball badge. Um, I don't understand this logo whatsoever. It's, it's, you know, it's kind of, it has their colors, but also has more colors in it than I think their uniforms, uh, actually have on them. Uh, it has OKC Thunder in, in, you know, in like a font, in like a type font, um, with this like badge. It's the only way I can describe it. It's like a badge that has partially a basketball in it. And I don't understand it at all. Maybe I should look this up and, and get dig deeper into it. But I think it looks like shit. And at the same time, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what else you could do for the OKC Thunder, because you know they're not lightning. They're not like the storm. They're the thunder, which is in fact invisible. So um, I'm not really sure what you do for this. So I guess like what they have is better than maybe some of the alternatives. I don't know. It's just it's one of those things that like it's been their insignia and it's been their insignia now for a while. Their logo now for a while. I can't imagine that they're going to do, they're going to change it. If they haven't changed it again, you're, you're talking about um, not an expansion team, but like a team that, uh, you know, moved from Seattle and, and changed its whole image and, you know, has went with kind of the wacky color scheme. If they're not going to change it now, I can't imagine that they're ever going to change it. You know, it shouldn't say ever, but I can't imagine that it like changes on the horizon for them. In other words. So whatever do you, OKC, do you, one that I like because, and I and I say this, I like it because it is so very much a time capsule of the late 80s, 90s kind of design on uniforms. And it's the San Jose Sharks, the shark biting the hockey stick logo. It just screams something from the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. Um, I can't remember when the, I can't remember exactly when the San Jose Sharks got into the league, but I know that logo is has gone different iterations of that logo have existed since the early 1990s, and it's just that is absolutely 100 percent one of those trademark trademark design conventions from the 1990s. Is this shark biting through a hockey stick? Um, it's garish. It's ridiculous. I kind of love it. I kind of love it. And I hope the Sharks never get too serious about changing that logo because it's just, it's ridiculous, but it's awesome. And lastly here, um, the Washington Nationals, the Nats, their big loopy script W that is, you know, making an attempt to be, um, you know, making an attempt to throw back to the good old days. Um, Again, even though this is a franchise that is new, uh, well, I shouldn't say new, it's the Montreal Expos that, you know, moved, eventually moved down to D.C., but the logo, you know, the team, the team colors and logo and branding are all essentially new. They're less than 20 years old. And it just feels like you're forcing something by going with this loopy script W. It just, something about it, it, it see like, to me, it feels like I know that this is not something from years past, right? Like it is making an attempt to call back to um, a more, you know, a more 1930s, 1940s, style of, of of print and design work but for some reason the way it looks to me just looks like it's looks like it's trying to be that without actually succeeding at being that um i, I know this doesn't really it, 
it sounds like I'm kind of not making sense here, but like the, again, the Yankees, very iconic NY cap insignia. That is a product from the time from like the 19 teens. Um, and obviously it's going to undergone some little tweaks here and there, but the, that was a design, that was a design convention that's like a hundred years old. Whereas this loopy script W is close to a des- an older design convention, but it's not. Not the way it's angled, not the way it's, it, it just, there are telltale signs on it that make me go like, well, this is a new design that's just trying to look old and it's failing at it. So they would have been much better off going with, going with one of their old school actual, you know, their, the Nats are kind of trying to jockey off the, the Washington Senators who are now the Minnesota Twins. But then they should have gone with the more bold W, more bold um, print type W that uh, the Washington Senators had back in the day. And actually the Minnesota Twins use, um, obviously they're not, it's not a W, but it is the same type of bold um, typeface M. Um, You know, obviously it's just an inverted W. And Minnesota did it well. Why can't Washington? Um, So there you go. Those are my ass insignias. Okay, working our way up here are solid symbols. Uh, I've already said enough about it, so I won't get too far into it. But the New York Yankees NY cap insignia, iconic, classic. I don't, I don't like the Yankees, but that cap, that the uniform, everything. It's, it's just such an iconic, iconic piece of American sports uh, memorabilia, logo, everything about it. Just fantastic. It's, it's really, really well done. There, there really isn't. It's there along with the along with the Red Sox um, and maybe a few other teams, the Dodgers, uh, probably the Giants too. There is no reason to ever change that cap insignia, ever. No reason to do it ever. The Indianapolis Colts, their classic simple horseshoe. Love it. You you know we're obviously you know we're getting the the we're getting the Colt. Um, you know we're getting the suggestion of the Colts. Um, it's iconic, uh, you know, the classic horseshoe look, fits on the helmet really well, accentuates the uniforms really well. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts, obviously originally the Baltimore Colts, but that uh, that simplistic logo, one of the best in all of professional football. Absolutely hands down great. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, going back to the Blue Jay head with the red maple leaf. Um, I'm always a sucker for when the Canadian teams uh, figure out a way to um, you know, get their get their red maple leaf into the logos, and the color scheme, uh, the color scheme along with the with the bright red uh, maple leaf there with the with, on, on the blue jay head just looks fantastic. Looks good in the cap. Looks good on the. Looks good on merchandise. It's a classic, stone cold classic. I actually never really, I didn't really mind when the blue jays went to their um, more literal blue jay uniforms, which you know were closer in color you know with the black and the gray and the blue i didn't really mind those but these are their current uniforms and their current logo are absolutely chef's kiss um so there you go toronto blue jays edmonton oilers with their running oil logo fantastic what a great whether or not you believe in the oil industry or not you got to admit that is a cool logo with the script edmonton or the the type edmonton oilers as it runs down the runs down the jersey, essentially, um, very cool, very classic. Um, again, something that um, something a, a very simple way to um, a very simple way to augment 
uh, a, a typeface logo. And then finally here with another, our last solid symbol, going to go to the NBA. I'm going to talk about the Atlanta Hawks beak outline logo with the, the very simplistic um, hawk beak and part of the head outlined with a little dot for the eye, um, you know, breaking up the circle. It's just such a classic, classic logo. Simplistic, you know, exactly. Again, one of those logos, you know exactly who that is, right? Once you're familiar, even slightly familiar with the NBA, you would look at that logo and go, oh, yeah, it's the Atlanta Hawks logo. So cool. Love that logo. I remember for a while there, they had like the more full-blown hawk with like the spread wings. Totally okay, but this logo is a classic, and there's never a reason to change this one. The Atlanta Hawks beak outline logo, fantastic. All right, so let's finish up here with our legendary logos. Again, none of these are comprehensive. These are just some of the things that like I'm looking for and some of the things that I I think are examples of things that are stand out in a certain way. So our legendary logos, starting off here, with the Boston Bruins, the Spoked Bee logo. I love this logo. It looks great on a uniform. It looks great on a, on a, on a you know, on a patch, on a hat. Um, it, it's just, it's so, it's so very distinct, despite being very simple, right? I mean, it's just the letter B with some spokes around it and like a circle pattern, kind of essentially like a puck. Um, but it, it just, it looks fantastic. It, it's, it's one of those ones that, I think they've had different iterations of the Spoke B logo over time. I think I could be wrong, but I think the the spokes change on the number of not every single year, but over time they've they've kind of changed to adapt to um, the number of Stanley Cups that the Bruins have won. But the Spoke B logo, absolute stone cold classic, one of the best out there. The Detroit Tigers, the calligraphy D cap insignia, one of my favorites. It looks fantastic on a hat very much in the same vein as the new york yankees and why it is an all-time classic um it's an all-time classic cap insignia it's a good logo it's very very distinct it's you know the only you know there are other teams with letters and things on their hats but it's the only team with that style of sort of calligraphy that that style of calligraphy for their logo it's fantastic i while I hope they never change that particular logo, I do think the Tigers are due for, uh, you know, an alternate uniform, some uniform updates. But regardless, that um, that that classic D logo is awesome. It is hands down one of the best. The Montreal Canadiens, their CH logo, um, a design. I love this one because it is very unique and distinct for them. Um, but also like it is a telltale, I, I want to say this logo goes all the way back to like the 1930s, at least maybe, in the, maybe in the 1920s. Um, I, I, sh- I probably should have looked that up before I've just said that, but I think it, it goes back almost a hundred years. Essentially this logo has gone more or less unchanged with the obvious updating and tweaks and color schemes and stuff like that. This logo has essentially stayed the same for a very, very long time. Um, with the, with the C kind of, with the H forming the C in the middle, um, just classic absolutely classic um you know and it makes sense that that i i think the canadians are i think the canadians are easily one of the easily like the oldest professional hockey team in north america but they also might be one of the oldest teams period in north america um so it makes sense that um you know that one of our classic teams 
certainly in the NHL, but period, would have one of the all-time classic logos. That CH logo, absolutely fantastic. Going to go to the NFL now for, I think, really, realistically, one of the two or three true sort of legendary logos in the NFL. Um, And that is the New Orleans Saints Fleur de Lis. Um, It's just so perfect. Could you find anything that more appropriately represents the city of New Orleans than the Fleur de Lis, uh, you know, the city of New Orleans and its its, uh, deep French culture, uh, Creole culture than the fleur de lis, um, <clears throat> the black fleur de lis on the sil- on the uh, almost said silver, the black fleur de lis on the gold helmet especially works super well. It works, it just it works everywhere. Every iteration of the fleur de lis because it's so simplistic but so um, so emblematic of that French culture. It just works so well. So the New Orleans Saints, absolutely the fleur de lis, stone cold classic, legendary logo for the New Orleans Saints. And I'm going to get a little controversial here. With my last pick, because I wanted to find I wanted to find a newer team that really um, that really did well with their logo, and so I don't take this one necessarily as one of the all time greats. I'm putting this here in the legendary logo section because I think for a first logo, for a first iteration of of what the team's symbol is, this this team knocked it out of the park completely with its first iteration, and it's the Seattle Kraken. Um, their tentacle S logo, um, you know, it, it looks like the tentacle of a crocken, um, and you can kind of see the, I guess like a red eye almost, uh, towards the top of the S, but in terms of a first logo, this is fantastic. There is nary a hockey puck or a stick involved. Um, there is, it's unique and distinctive. Uh, there truly isn't any anything else like it, um, as far as I've ever seen in, in any at any level. There isn't anything exactly like this. Um, even the, I can't remember if Chem and I talked about this, but I think we did on Pod, where even the uniforms were a really great first uniform. Um, the color scheme, obviously, sticking with the as I mentioned before, the Pacific Northwest. A lot of the teams tend to go with. Um, at least in Seattle, the, the teams tend to go with, um, you know, some kind of blue, blue green color scheme, um, that, you know, th- that's cause that's what the Northwest looks like. Um, but even their uniforms are a really solid, good first uniform. Um, the logo fits well on the uniform. Um, it fits, it looks good. On, again, looks good in, on fan merchandise. It looks good standing on its own. looks good on the ice. Um, it's a, again, I don't think this is a, I don't think this is like, we're talking about like, oh my God, this is the next Yankees logo or the next Detroit, Detroit D logo or whatever. But I think in terms of what, of what the original logo, this original tentacle Kraken logo is, there really isn't going to be, there really isn't much room to improve upon it. And I think that we'll see over the years, over the decades, that they're going to stick with this logo or something similar um, you know, decade to de- decade to decade, um, you know, era to era, as long as the Seattle crack can exist as a team, that logo is going to be kind of the, the base from which they, whatever they do change or adjust things or whatever, it's never really going to change too much from that. It's just going to be different shades of it. And again, that's a really like this, like the Seattle Seahawks. It's a good logo when all you do is update it and tweak it over time. You don't do wholesale changes to it. So I think the Kraken logo is sort of, um, at least at least in my eyes, it has the potential 
to be one of those really strong logos. Again, I think it's a really strong first logo, and I have a feeling that it's something that they're going to stick with over time. And that is it. That is our logo, our sports logo episode. Um, this is a lot of fun to get through. Um, my throat's a little bit sore, already was, and kind of forgot how talking for this long can kind of take it out of you. So I, I'm ready to wrap up, but I did want to say before we before we end this episode and end um, and end officially end our um, loose ends January. Although I stay tuned, may, might have a, a quick mini so to kind of wrap up, but. Um, I did want to say that uh, this is this whole month was a lot of fun, but I am ready to kind of jump into the more fully fledged theme year that we have going on. Um, what else did I? Oh, um, I did leave out. I did not include in this episode anything on soccer, either domestic or international. And obviously, I didn't really get into. I didn't get into any besides some Canadian teams. I didn't get into any international international teams logos or uniforms. And that's definitely something that I want to save for its own episode. Because I think there is a different, there's definitely a different meaning behind logos, uniforms, team colors. When it comes to something like, um, you know, when it comes to something like English football or, you know, Italian Italian football. There is a, there's a different sort of, um, there's a different sort of meaning behind the colors and the, and the, and the logos and things that, we don't really have they probably the closest we have is college sports to sort of the meaning behind some of the colors and symbols and things like that. Um, so I kind of wanted to save that for its own, and I, I did want to like I originally was going to talk about a little bit about the MLS, but I think kind of starting with that with those international teams and logos, and kind of branching into how the MLS has kind of incorporated has tried to incorporate that to varying degrees of success um, is kind of its own episode. Similarly, I didn't talk about any minor league teams uh, and their logos, um, and be it minor league baseball, hockey, uh, you know, independent leagues, things like that of any variety of of basketball, of baseball, of football. Um, I didn't get into any of those because I think those are another potential episode unto themselves. Because the again, the you know some some minor league teams do just incorporate their major league teams, um, uh, you know, logos and team names or whatever into their own. But a lot of a lot of minor league teams have gone the route of making their teams distinct by going like with hyper local or super unique team names and and designs and things like that. So I think getting into minor league teams as well is something that probably could be its own episode. So I didn't want to I didn't want to one this episode's already going to be long, um, and I didn't want to make it longer and not give proper due to both the international teams and minor league teams, soccer teams, things like that. So probably something that we'll talk about down the road more than likely. But that is it for this week. Um, Potentially a mini-sode on the horizon. We'll see. My guess is probably yes. Uh, But regardless, this is the last kind of official loose end that we had to tie up before we get into February, which I am calling the Pantheon. And you will get a more thorough uh, breakdown of what the Pantheon is uh, once we turn the once we turn the page on January and head into the second month of the year. Hard to believe this year is already th- this month is already uh, almost over, but uh, man, time flies, right? Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, do all that good stuff. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook at the Occasionalist Podcast. Uh, we will see you. We'll see you next time. Thanks. <laughs>